Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. This week's guest is Chase. Chase is a friend of mine from the Duck Feed Network. We uh, we have guested on some Radio Free Midworld episodes together. He's a podcaster that has like an actual play D&D podcast, uh, and he's also an avid Souls fan. I've been very excited to talk to Chase about his experience just because I've known him for so long on the internet, so it was good to finally sit down and be able to do that. So without further ado, enjoy this episode. My entry to Souls was actually with Demon Souls right around the time it was coming out. I don't remember how I found out about it um, because I didn't even have a PlayStation 3 at the time. But somehow this weird uh, high fantasy Japanese game just started popping up all over the place probably around 2009, late 2009 when it came out. Mm -hmm. Um, And it stuck in my craw like everything about it just sung exactly to me as like i need to get this game uh so i bought a uh ps3 and specifically for demon souls and for about three <laughs> months that was my only ps3 game and i bounced off of it so hard <laughs> because how, how far did you get in not very like i know i know i beat the phalanx i remember that nice. um uh, but I didn't really understand the concept that you were supposed to, like, bounce around in between the different worlds and, like, beat them all right around the same time. Um, because at that point, I was really anti-fac for some reason. Mm-hmm. I can't... I mean, just probably because, you know, th- this was back before I had any kind of disposable income. I was a senior in college. I had limited time and limited funds. So I really did have to ride that... Um, um, dollars versus hours of play and sure. i knew once i you uh once i started using a fact uh that that was it for me <laughs> that was so, it was all over with yeah exactly uh so i held off on it and i remember i ended up just drifting away from it over time because uh, red dead redemption came out a couple of months later and uh that just devoured all of mine and all of my friends time as well we all <laughs> just got real into red dead and playing that together um you about to uh jump in with the second one since it's almost up? probably probably yeah. i'm i'm trying not to think about it just because i don't like i know i'm gonna want to play it on pc but even though i got this machine like two years ago i have a distinct feeling it's not gonna run it so have they I'm announced kinda... a, a pc release I don't know if they have. I just kind of assumed I'm willing to be wrong on that, at which point I'll get it for PS4 and be fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, the very first link on Google is, is it coming to PC? So they probably, they, apparently they haven't um, confirmed gotcha. that it is. I mean, I know I know GTA 5 eventually came out on PC. I was just kind of curious. Yeah. yeah that yeah, looks yeah. like a game that is meant for an extremely high-end PC to just immerse yourself it's, in. It's very pretty, yeah. So we'll see. I'll get around to it at some point. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I got us off track. So, when when did you when were you able to come back to Demon Souls and, and get a grasp of it? Uh, I'll, uh, so I left that one sit for a long time because eventually uh, Dark Souls came out, and I was like, ah, oh, you know, 
I, w- I was kind of in a, in a high fantasy mood. The, uh, what was that? Skyrim was just about to come out and some of my friends were like, oh, you know, let's get this while we're waiting for Skyrim and, you know, try it out. And I was like, you know, I never got around to beating Demon's Souls. I think by that point I had actually sold it back to GameStop or wherever. Nice. And I was like, I just want to, <laughs> uh, I, I want to give this another shot. Maybe this one's a little bit more polished. And so I went back in and bounced off it at the Capra Demon. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and that uh, not very far in, but also seems to be the first place where everybody bounces off. Um, years later, I did end up getting Dark Souls 1 for my younger brother, and that's the same place where he stopped playing too. <laughs> so I can't really blame him that much because I bounced off it for years. And I left that, and I left it sit for probably like three or four years at that point. No, maybe not that long. It was right around the time Bonfireside Chats came out because uh, I was. Uh, big into duck feed at that point. Uh, right before uh, Bonfire came out, I was uh, working as a janitor and had a ton of time for listening to podcasts um, because that was uh, I had two jobs at that point. I was working um, at a high school as a paraprofessional during the day. I didn't have a car, so I was walking to and from work. And then um, I was working in the evenings as a janitor cleaning uh, empty municipal buildings. Uh, so I had a lot of free podcast time, and so I was <laughs> diving through the duck feed backlog, and I think Abject Suffering started coming out to the public around that time as well. Um, and then Bonfire Side Chats came out. It's like, ah, you know, I bounced off that game real hard. I should go ahead and give that another shot. Um, specifically, this was when I had moved. Um, right before I uh, I picked it back up, I got an internship in upstate New York in the Catskill Mountains with a absolutely gorgeous YMCA property that is in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. Um, <laughs> there is no where I was living at the time. Uh, I had no cell service. I had no internet in my cabin. I had it. I literally lived in a summer camp cabin, um, and I had. You know, my neighbors were all uh, outdoor education teachers, um, and it was just very isolating. So it's like, well, what are the things that I want to do that I don't want people to watch me suck at? <laughs> so I learned how to play the ukulele, and I picked Dark Souls back up again. There you go. Because uh, nobody wants to hear anybody, like, try to play the ukulele. I barely even ex- want to listen to anybody play the ukulele, but let's ex- try to. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, nobody wanted that, so um, I picked up a cheapo one of those, and I picked up uh, Dark Souls for, like, 20 bucks on Amazon. And had it shipped out to me, and uh, I beat it in about a month. Like, just listening to the podcast and playing the game, I was able to uh, eventually, you know, break past Capra Demon. And that was really the last major roadblock until Gwen for me. So you do a smooth sailing from there. Like, I finally clicked, you got, got used to the controls, and you just went straight on through. Yeah, it took me probably... now clicked you know this is still dark souls clicking so it was still very difficult but i never hit another roadblock like that until gwyn uh and that was because i was playing a pyromancer and never needed to learn how to parry sure yeah that's what everybody it seems like that's everybody's first run of dark souls almost it's just yo mm-hmm. uh, parry you taught me how to do that at the very beginning of the game and i haven't really had to do it it was this boss mm-hmm. um and full disclosure i still don't know how to parry I did not learn how to parry Gwyn. I have beat Gwyn like probably five or six times at this point. I have never, I think I have parried Gwyn maybe once per fight. 
<laughs> I I am just always prefer to play nimbly roll uh nimbly rolly builds that can get around him. I think I did one slow build a uh, slow roll build uh to um be a big hulking um dual wielder. Mm-hmm. Uh, not dual wielder, but uh two hander. I forget which giant fuck all sword I was using at that point, but it was a giant fuck all sword. Excellent. Um yeah. Because uh, those are really fun um, builds to do, at least in Dark Souls 1. Um, and then for the rest of them, with the exception of Bloodborne, because I didn't have a PS4, everything was day and date for me. Um, so Dark Souls 2 with the, you know, very... It, it, it feels so different just because of how they did the animation in there, but it still feels very similar to the previous one. It did kind of feel like coming home and Majula is still my favorite uh, track from any of those games. Oh yeah. There's a, um, there's a guy that was on the show um, named Dylan that uh, did mm-hmm. a uh, Majula animal crossing mashup. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it is like, I've really liked the Majula theme, but like it, it makes it into almost like kind of a, uh, it, I mean, it makes it into what it is like an overworld music at a, like a top down, you know, super Nintendo era RPG almost. And it's really uh, great. Yeah. That sounds really cool. I'll, I'll, I'll drop huh. a link to you after the show, but yeah, that's Majula cool, is, yeah. is, is one of those areas. that's like, um, I, I booted up dark souls two relatively recently and was like just mm-hmm. getting into it, like walking through that, that, cavern and then having this just huge amount of open space with the sun and the water and everything is it's just breathtaking like it's still one of the best looking areas across all of the games oh hands down yeah i i have a lot of nostalgia for firelink but i love majula um and that is definitely top tier as far as like home worlds or hub worlds of any game too like oh, yeah. they just really hit the nail on the head with you know, there's this cool little ruined village. It's, um, it's, it's, and I, I, I like that you get like the achievement is like getting everybody together or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that's just really like super cute to me for some reason. Right. <laughs> well, it does, it gives you this us against the world kind of vibe, which is not something Dark Souls is really known for. Yeah. Dark Souls is known for you against the world or you against entropy. Um, but with, with that achievement specifically, it gets very, um, it subverts that a little bit. It's like, yes, it is you against this weird giant pus monster, mm-hmm. but it's also you against every, uh, it's also all of these people at your back. Sure. So I'm, I'm picturing you and you're, you're in this cabin, <laughs> you're in this like summer cabin, summer camp cabin with a PS3 and a TV and you're plowing through mm-hmm. Did you go through all of the games available to you? Like just like that during that time period or did it or uh, like how many I, did you get? I got I got through Dark Souls and Demon Souls because after I beat Dark Souls, it was right around the time that uh Gary and Cole wrapped up their Dark Souls season and they said, "Hey, we're going to do Demon Souls next." It's like, "Well, fuck. <laughs> I, I got to get that now too." Um and so actually before I did that, I uh, hauled my uh, my uh, console down to the office, and I bought the um, uh, Artorius of the the Abyss DLC and got that downloaded and uh, up and running and beat all of that, which was the first time I got very mad at Cole Ross uh, while playing these games because Calamite is a psychic dragon and there's nothing to indicate that, and you're just fighting her and suddenly I'm floating and then I'm very mad at this person who's convinced me to play this game that I hated. <laughs> 
Yeah, Calamite uh, is a is a is a son of a bitch. If you go into that fight unprepared, like it's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you were just like you're only. Um, this is kind of unique because uh, most people I talk to when they're playing Dark Souls, like they're as they're playing, they're kind of like reaching out to the internet and like consuming other stuff, whether it's lore or like a wiki or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Like you're, it sounds like your only experience was like just straight up the game and just listening to Gary and Cole talk about it. Did, did that, was it challenging? Like, did you ever find yourself kind of frustrated that you couldn't look up? Like, what does this weapon do or where do I go here? I was never terribly worried about that just because, uh, once I understood, you know, the importance of leveling up gear and all that and don't use the Drake sword, it was pretty much smooth sailing for me, you know, on that point. It wasn't not knowing, you know, is my build good enough? People are beating this at soul level one. It's not my build. Um, it's just knowing how to do it and being able to do it. And do I have enough humanity to summon uh, Solaire so that we can go ahead and fight uh, ONS again? Because that was another... Uh, that was another stumbling block. Thinking back on it now, that I, I was probably stuck on ONS for about a week. Um, I could see that because that's, that's a really tough fight, if you, especially if you can't call in any humans. Like if it's just Solaire, who is just kind of maybe he'll make it, and maybe he won't go through the fog gate, and if he does, maybe he'll be affected. Who knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the only way to be sure that Solaire's going to make it is you've got to clear that room, and you've got to clear that room perfectly. And then you have to go and fight one of the toughest bosses in any of the games. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I did end up beating all of Dark Souls 1, and I ended up beating Demon Souls, which um, I like Demon Souls a lot. That is, you know, upon revisiting it, it's a really fun, it's a cool world, it's a good game. Um uh, False King Alant is one of the most vicious final bosses I have ever fought because he drinks you like a fucking Capri Sun mm-hmm. and uh, was not expecting that. I did, you know, I I ended up getting ahead of Bonfireside Chats and I got to him. It's like, well, fuck, man. <laughs> it's a tough fight. Um, I, um, it's I've only beaten demons a handful of times, so I, I've only fought mm-hmm. that dude like two or three, maybe four times. And uh, sure. ev- every single time, it's not just that, but it's also the run up is so long to that dude. It's it's really mm-hmm. rough. And then once you finally get there, you're like, okay, I can relax. Oh no, wait, I can't. This is the actual boss fight now. I have to have to be yep. on my game, and it's yeah. Now I have to play the game. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a challenge. That's a, I think that's a really fun fight though. Like that to me is one of the first um, duel fights, and I, I find that the duel fights in Souls games, as far as boss fights are concerned, are some of my favorites. Like the oh yeah, your Artorias's or your Germans or your Lady Maria's mm-hmm. or, or what have you. Hmm. Definitely. Yeah, it is a it's a really cool fight to have to kind of grok and learn and. If you don't know about that nasty little trick that he has, that is uh, a really fun and demoralizing part of that fight is realizing, oh, oh, he can just just make me permanently weaker. That's cool. Yeah, it's that's, um, so that's such it, a weird thing to do in like a game that's all about like getting more powerful as you go along. To have the final boss mm-hmm. like literally rip your like self away from you and take it is really great and like permanently do it too. That's so fucking yeah. cool. That's the thing. It's like if it had come back at the end of the fight, that would have been one thing. But no, this is that is probably 20 minutes of work that you did that is now gone forever. I hope you learned something from this last encounter. I can see and, uh, I haven't really heard that from a lot of people, but I can see a lot of people going like, nope, I'm out. Like, I'm never I'm never going to play this game again. That was unfair. Oh, yeah, 
absolutely. Like I, but I feel like by the time you reach that point of Demon Souls, you're you're in it to win it. Um, I don't know of a lot of people who gave up. Um, you know, in the last quarter of that game, it seems like most folks are like me. You give up when you don't realize where you're supposed to go or how any of it is supposed to work. Yeah. Um, what, but I did end up. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh, like, so you, you bounced off the the, the the games at first, and then you finally got mm-hmm. back into it at the, during this time. When you finally did, was it was it the story or the setting, or the? Uh, do you think it was like the the combat mechanics? Like, what do you think it is that, that drew you in that made you want to play so much? Other than just being like alone in the woods with nothing else to do, right? Uh, there was a lot that I had heard about. You know, people kept talking a lot of sugar about this game. Um, I, actually, right before I moved, uh, this one guy I knew got into not a fight, but a heated discussion about Dark Souls wanting to be played or not because that was kind of the impression that i ended up walking away from uh dark souls one with the first time i played it's like this game just doesn't it it does not want to be played and i wasn't entirely wrong it just doesn't care if i play it or not um by the end by the time i got back to it though i realized that you know this is a game you kind of have to meet it on its terms and i was used to uh having to meet game you know games meeting me on mine sure um but what ended up really drawing me back in was like but from talking to that individual and from listening to gary and cole i knew that there was there was some meat on these bones and i needed to see what that meat was because this was right around the time the weird dark souls cottage industry was starting to take off and it was kind of it wasn't everywhere unless you really started digging in deep and you could like kind of knew where to look but once you removed a layer of topsoil off the internet it was dark souls all the way down yeah so i knew there was something to it and at that point there was only the two games it's like i can i can do this i can see what's going on with this uh and by the end of it just everything from um the lore to the art really grabbed me i'm not a huge mechanics guy i mean i play you know my still one of my favorite runs my two favorite runs in those games have been my um uh my pyromancer run and in dark souls 2 and 3 i did um melee brawler runs with Sastus. And they're a lot of fun. They're incredibly uh, not mechanically sound, but they're just fun to do. Yeah. <clears throat> I like. I really like those. And um, I like power stancing those in uh, mm-hmm. Dark Souls 2 because it's oh, yeah. it's exactly that. Like, But it's incredibly fun. And, like the moveset gets really crazy and interesting. And you mm-hmm. can like, just pile on punches super fast. It's a really, really fun playthrough if you do that. It is, yeah. I something that I've been meaning to do for since I did that one the first time is to go back to Dark Souls two and uh, go through. Uh, what was the last DLC for that one in the the snow area? Um, Ilium Lois. There it is. Thank the frozen, you. Yeah, the Frozen go, King or something like that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The Frozen King. Um, but go back to Ilium Lois because there are the Bone Fists yeah. that are out and. <laughs> The thing is, in order to get both, to get that, uh, to get the bone fists, you have to go to that area, get one, beat the game, new game plus, go back out there and get it again. Yeah, because it's in a, it's in a chest, so you can't just use a yep. bonfire aesthetic, right? That, that, that's what I right. remember. Yeah, that's what always killed my interest in doing that. Like, I was like, uh, mm-hmm. maybe I could get someone to drop me them, but I'm not ever going to do that. Like, that's just not going to happen. No. 
which is unfortunate because apparently uh, when you uh, power stance those, uh, you get a fucking Hadouken. Yep, you can be you can basically cosplay as Hiachi. Like you, you get like straight up like mm-hmm. Tekken and Street Fighter move sets, and it's gorgeous. It's great. Yeah, and I definitely i I would like to do that a lot. <laughs> um, particularly because uh, when playing through. Dark Souls, I'm really playing through most games. I tend to recreate tabletop characters. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, the reason I started doing these uh, brawlers was because I had a brawling priest uh, right before I moved from uh, uh, the city I was living in at, at the time. And that was a really fun way to bring him back to life and keep him going. It's like I can, you know, go and play my Donaldo build where I'm punching people and using uh, a chime to heal myself when I'm not surrounded. <laughs> it's uh man i just i just every time i start talking about dark souls and this is the danger of doing this podcast so many times in one weekend i just want to start mm-hmm. going to play dark souls like every time i hear like <laughs> oh yeah like i was having fun doing xyz and i'm like i could go do x y and z like mm-hmm. i could do that right now i have that ability <laughs> you do uh, i am restraining myself because as soon as i get bat what is it doesn't what is it the the switch version is dropping within the next couple of days or weeks and i have been holding my uh um myself off from doing any sort of um dark souls play until that comes out i'm curious I know i'm gonna want to go into that fresh i wonder when when, I wonder, when when does that come out i haven't even i don't know i have it pre-ordered so i should know yeah i was trying to look on um the platform oh well it doesn't here. doesn't matter no. And Amazon is being a, a jerk and not telling me. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. I'll be uh <laughs> I'll be curious what kind of success that that Dark Souls finds on the Switch platform because it seems so Dark Souls in handheld mode like seems like so antithetical to what the way that I play and approach Dark Souls, which is mm-hmm. I'm gonna sit down and I am going to play Dark Souls. Uh and it's you know the switch and i don't have a switch so but the, like, the people that i know with switches are like oh yeah like i'd you know it's it's great for popping it open and playing for a little while and then closing it or whatever so i'll, I'll be i'll be curious yep. what kind of success it finds but i'm just so happy mm-hmm. that it's out on a nintendo platform like i think that's so great yeah um i just want to play everything on the switch is what it comes down to <laughs> i got that yeah. i got it two years or you know like probably two or three months after it came out so i think like last year sometime and i have rebought a couple of games on there. I bought um, Shovel Knight for the Switch, and that's been perfect. Um, I pre-bought fucking Skyrim because I'm a monster and can't stop myself. Um, and I picked up Stardew Valley on there because even though I had it have it for PC and played it like 90% of the way through, my first time playing any of those games was playing Harvest Moon on the Game Boy, and I just want to play those games laying down. Sure, I can totally understand that. Uh, the uh, the multiplayer update is almost out. He's, it's, yeah, it's in it's in beta te- beta testing right now. Um, awesome, and I'm I'm so stoked for that to come on PS4. Like I just can't wait to go farm mm-hmm. with my bros. I think that's gonna be really cute and fun. Yep. Yeah, I've got uh, a couple of friends around here that have a Switch. I need to coax one of them away from Octopath so that <laughs> we can we can raise some cows together. So them all after the characters in our D and D party. That yeah, I mean, I had uh, when I, on my first like farm, it was all after like duck feed f- folks. <laughs> so, like mm-hmm. I, I would do like I, you know Cal mm-hmm. Ross and, 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 and Gary, Ch- <laughs> Gary Gary Chickenfield and all of that stuff. Like it, we had a, I had a good time with the naming stuff. 
I think it's on my PC file that I do have. Uh, I did the exact same thing. I believe you are a duck. Excellent. Good. <laughs> Actually, no, no. This no. I, what I did is I named is that I named all of my ducks after duck feet people. That's what it was. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> so you played demons and and dark one and in this mm-hmm. cabin in the woods. Uh, yes. When did you come about Dark Souls two? Did were you playing that on release? I came or? about Dark Souls two when it came out. That was I was living up in, in New York for about nine months, and then I uh, moved back to Civilization, and I moved uh, further away from the area that I did and once again call home, and um, down to Virginia. And that was about an hour south of Washington, D.C. And I lived there for a couple of years. And while I was down there, Dark Souls 2 came out. And that was, um, you know, and I to echo something I've heard you say a couple of times, I had my notebook ready to go. I had a pen. <laughs> I got home from work and I had the uh, the special edition steel case and I popped it in. I was ready to go and then was immediately lost as far as lore stuff just because there were so few connections back to Dark Souls 1 in that, which... I think as the community writ large has come to decide that was for the best, but I still didn't have a whole lot to grab onto. I'm pretty sure the only thing I ever wrote in that book was Moonlight Greatsword. <laughs> Excellent. And that wasn't yeah. even the real sword. Whoops. Nope. <laughs> nope. That was a fake. But we, uh, I ended up playing that through. And that one, it only took me like maybe two or three weeks to beat. Um, that one was not uh, did not give me the same stumbling blocks that the original did, and I got through the only boss that I've never beat on that one was the um, oh what is it called the second it was the in not the infernal demon what is it the oh the smelter demon yes thank you mm-hmm. smelter demon two the one in oh, the DLC the, yeah yeah the electric blue galoo uh, yeah. It, <laughs> Yes, him. <laughs> those uh, those uh, challenge areas in the DLCs were. Um, I mean, they're interesting, and I, I if you and if you enjoy them, you enjoy them. I'm not gonna take that away from you, but I, I find them all kind of garbage to play. Like it's yeah, and, and it's you know when it came out, they were like, oh yeah, this is a multiplayer thing, and people that don't have the DLC can get summoned into this, and you could kind of show them what it's like in, in the DLC. Like it was kind of a neat thing that they were doing. Uh, mm-hmm. but, I, but I just like trying to play it was just garbage. <laughs> like especially right. that that one in the t- leading up to the second Smelter King, yeah. Smelter Demon. I mean. Yeah, that was. Um, I fucking hate the Smelter Demon. I have such a hard time with just the the normal one. I walked into uh, into his uh, cave chamber thing and just noped the fuck out. Yep, I've like, I've I've done that, man. And on a release too. Uh, like the original Smelter Demon that's in the game, mm-hmm. uh, trying to like bring Lakatil into that fight or Lukatil, Lakatil, mm-hmm. where that come from? But bringing Lukatil to that fight and just she's just instantly paced on the wall. Like there's like she's barely like, and you have to keep her alive because you're trying to get yep. her story and all this other stuff. Oh man, it was rough. Yeah, that is uh, probably my least favorite boss in any of the games, uh, just because it is. It, uh, even hard bosses in the games usually are fun. I don't find that one to be very fun at all. Yeah. Which is unfortunate because uh, the Iron King is one of my favorite bosses. That's such a cool fight. It's a neat set piece that they haven't really... Like, the only thing that even comes close to that is uh, Wolnir. And even then, not terribly. Yeah. Uh, 
Wolnir is kind of like a puzzle boss that just has like some frustrating mm-hmm. like insta kill effects, um, mm-hmm. th- which I find a lot easier to deal with than a boss that I like. For example, um, I, I like this fight a lot, but this is a fight that I'm really bad at. Is um, oh, what is it? Is it King? Is it Knight a lot in the mm-hmm. second DLC? Like the the ultimate boss yep. to that thing. That dude, I, I love that fight. I love the music. I love like everything about it. Like the setting. It's a pain in the ass to get to. Like the run up is just miserable. And then mm-hmm. the fight itself, I'm just not good at. So I just fail it over and over and over again. So it's become one of my like not favorite fights because it's everything around it is so bad. Right. Yeah, I can absolutely agree to that. It is it's brutal. Yeah. That one took me took me a couple of days to get through for sure, and that is with summoning people. I, for the sake of throwing it out there, I have no compunction about summoning people. I will try a boss two or three times, and be like, nope, this is dumb. I want help, and uh, start summoning folks in. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Like yeah. I think that anybody, mm-hmm. it's in the game. Like they built it to make it so that you can yep. play with your friends like that. Like that's that's what it's all about. And you know, subsequently mm-hmm. with. The, Bloodborne and Dark Souls 3, they've added password matching and everything like that to make that easier and easier and easier. So Yep. I think yep. it's and I, interesting mm-hmm. that they started this kind of weird uh, multiplayer mechanic. Like I feel like From Software was one of the first people to, to do this with Demon Souls or Dark Souls 1, and then it got popular, and then they've just slowly but surely just refined it so that now it's basically like you're entering a lobby. <laughs> like you right. can just straight up enter a lobby, like, and it's gotten away from being so kind of weird and out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and I know they liked that weird and outward and uh, out thereness uh, to start with, but um, it is undeniably an improvement at every facet. Mm-hmm. Um, Where did you end up on Dark yeah. Souls too? Did you end up kind of liking the, the story and everything? I did, and I still do. I think that game is uh, the. Hold on, I actually uh, wrote some stuff down before we started talking so i want to yeah dark souls 2 does come out as like my favorite story wise just because um you know they they call their shot very well at the start of the game you know you're you will end up somewhere and you won't remember why and sure enough i ended up outside the castle and i looked around i was like why the fuck am i here what's going on (laughs) um and if I didn't know From to be such a polished company, I would call that a problem with the story. But as you go on through and the uh, the themes of memory loss being so linked to um, Dark Souls 2 specifically, but the series writ large, I think that is... Um, it was a really nice touch to you know leave things a bit more vague until you really start digging in. Um, and I think the lore surrounding Dark Souls 2 is some of my favorite as well. Really? How come? Um, I just... Um, y- you get a lot more about the outside world. I feel like uh, Dark Souls 1 and by extension Dark Souls 3 is very concerned with this one very specific corner of the world. Um, whereas Dark Souls 2, you're seeing a wider swath of it. Gotcha. So it's actually being able to 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 take in more of the surrounding world and to to have that as kind of a foundation to build stories on. Exactly. Yeah. I, uh, I mm-hmm. Dark Souls Two is so interesting to me because I think that the stories out of it are some of the most interesting things mm-hmm. that From Software has done. But uh, it's something that like they they seemed almost ashamed of nowadays because they just don't <laughs> go back to that well at all. Which is which is a shame. A damn shame. Yeah. Absolutely. 
I want Dark Souls two dash two, please. Can we have that <laughs> <laughs> instead of Dark Souls one dash two, like we got with Dark Souls three? Right. Well, because of how you know deeply the first and the third games are connected, I I really do like to mentally I put Dark Souls two at the uh, either at the very beginning or the very end of that storyline. I don't know exactly where it goes, but I. I it just seems so separate from everything else that happens. You know, it is either a prequel or the, you know, the weird epilogue yeah. to what happens. It's a, and either way, I like it. It's super interesting to me. Like it's like, there's so many ideas that are in that game that I wish that they would explore with like power stancing, like we were talking about earlier, like mm-hmm. that to me, having a completely different move set and, a, you know, increased whatever when you're, dual wielding weapons at a certain strength level like that's so great like that's such a cool mm-hmm. idea to mix up your weapons and that's a game that doesn't suffer for having a lack of weapons like there's a zillion like short swords in that game like you can do anything right. so I'd, I'd be able to mix that stuff up life gems bonfire aesthetics all that stuff is super super fascinating and it's a shame that the the kind of internet randos just you know hated that game so much so publicly that from software kind of backed away from it mm-hmm yeah uh, so finished up with Dark Souls two. Did you uh, buy a PlayStation four for Bloodborne? <laughs> like everybody eventually. else? <laughs> yeah, I eventually did get it. Um, we ended up moving uh, back. To, my wife and I ended up moving back to uh, where we originally came from, uh, back to our college town to live and work here. And we, uh, in the move, we somehow managed to misplace the PlayStation three controller. And that was our only source of watching movies. Oh no. So, <laughs> yeah. My wife was like, well, I guess we better get a PlayStation four or something. That seems like, like a good, pro- good, good thing to fix. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I don't know, honey. So I can't we, find any PS3 controllers at Best Buy. So I just grabbed a PS4. <laughs> I, she's the one that offered. That's mm. yeah. I mean, she, and she doesn't play games, but she had known that I had wanted one. It's like, yeah, we're we're living in a much cheaper part of the country now. It's fine. We can do that. This um, happened to me last night. We were watching, um, we were watching a movie, and my, my wife turned to me and said, uh, "You know, I think we really do need a bigger TV." And I was like, "Yep, <laughs> I've already got the Amazon wish list. We're going to need a new TV mount too." Ordered. <laughs> Go ahead and knock <laughs> that shit out. Sorry, but I, yeah, but that, I but I interrupted you. So mm-hmm. you you got the PS4 for uh, movie watching purposes, and then eventually got it for Bloodborne. I'm sure. Yeah, Bloodborne. I I think I borrowed it at first just because I knew it was in a similar vein, but not exactly identical. Uh, so I, uh, I I picked it up and I played it, and that was that one was probably the one that I've struggled with the most, just because uh, typically when I play. Um, uh, when I play uh, Dark Souls, I play very conservatively. I'm, you know, battling for every inch of ground that I've got. I've got my shield up and I'm rolling all the time, um, which is, you know, most, some of what you can do in uh, Bloodborne, but you can't be blocking anything. That's not something that, that, that is not a piece of your defensive vocabulary. Sure. Your defensive vocabulary is keep attacking until you get your health back. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and that was a mountain for me to climb, particularly because I made the mistake of starting my first character with the sword cane, uh, which is bad. Man, everybody says this. And I, I did, my first run was the sword cane. And I, I mean, I, I, I had issues. Like it was, it was an adjustment period to get in Bloodborne, but I like the sword cane. It's not a bad weapon. It's a, it's, 
I am sure if I were to go, if I were to go again, like, you know, fire up Bloodborne right now and play with a sword cane, I would do much better than I did my first time through. Um, but that was, um, that was definitely a challenge for me. And there were a couple of bosses. There's actually one that you helped me out on. I got to remember what it was called, though. It's the one that, um, descends from the eclipse with, uh, all of the witches chanting. Oh, the, the one reborn. Yes, that's the one. Yeah, you actually helped me out with that one, which was good because that was uh, another, you know, ride on the struggle bus for me. Still, um, met, still, met. Don't say bad things about my sword cane. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm not talking to you. I'm, I'm talking to all of the all, all of the okay. people out there that are listening. Everybody that agrees with me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and basically, everybody else but me. Okay, uh, I think that um, maybe the. Maybe the distinction on there is it's not a very good beginner's weapon. Uh, it's and I, not. And not trying to say that like it's a is a good good thing, but like it, it's probably like the saw cleaver is probably a better weapon for players coming into mm-hmm. that game to use because of the, the the damage that it does and the the ease of use and the the kind of yep. low stamina usage and, and all of that. So. That is what I ended up on, and it's what got me through the bulk of the game. Uh, one of the things I don't like about that game is how few weapons there seem to be. Mm-hmm. Um, each of the weapons is incredibly vastly different. You know, I probably played with each of them for about, you know, 20, 30 minutes after getting it just to see what they can do. But um, I think I stuck with the saw cleaver until I got the giant pizza cutter from the DLC. Hell yeah. <laughs> Much uh, left for the world gig. I wish you could get the world gig at the very beginning of the game. But, mm-hmm. but you know, I've, people... People who listen to the cast know that I have strong opinions about like the way that they should restructure Bloodborne after you finish it the first time and just let you <laughs> pick a weapon at the beginning of the game, no matter what it is. Right. Which, yeah, that's exactly how that should be, because everything is so balanced against itself, mm-hmm. including, you know, weapons when you first get them. Like there is not a at the end of the by the time you reach the end of the game, if you're going to pick a new weapon, you're going to want to you know rank it up one or two times before you do anything with it. Yeah, it's um, my other idea to fix Bloodborne, uh, and Jeremy's let me fix Bloodborne from software, uh, is to mm-hmm. not upgrade weapons directly, but upgrade your weapon slots so that you could any weapon that you put into your plus seven slot is now at plus seven. So you can just upgrade your oh, slot throughout the game. Yeah, That way you don't have to... The problem with that, the big problem with that is that it removes basically a resource from the game because you don't need mm-hmm. near as many bloodstones and chunks and, and stuff like that. And that's one of the few things that you actually get in Bloodborne because <laughs> there's not a lot of collectible right. stuff in that game. There's not. I, they could replace it with more blood vials. I'm always happy to get more sure, of those. Yeah, like that. I'm never, <laughs> never sad to see a couple of those pop up. There's a dude um, who is going through uh, Ludwig right now at Blood Level Four. I think he's doing a Blood mm-hmm. Level Four run on a on the Duckfeed Slack, and uh, he's okay. he just put a picture up of that dude that's banging on the little hollow guy that's banging on the gate on the outside. That every time, because <laughs> every time you kill him, you get like four or five blood vials, and it's like, yes, thank you. Like I'm I'm stocking up on my way in every time. Like this is great. <laughs> yep. Well, is it? There's um, a couple of, um, I don't know what they're called. They're the bigger guys on the way to, uh, from that first uh, lantern to the cleric beast. Um, oh, the, the little stone big guys? Ogre, yeah, the yeah. ogre dudes. Uh, they they a- always drop two or three, if I'm remembering right. And that was my go-to farming spot. It's like, I just need to... Um, who was I fighting? I think it might have been uh, going to prep for the final boss. It's like I just needed to 
uh, continuously fill that chest with as many blood vials as I could. And whenever I started seeing that I wasn't bringing 10 into a fight, I would put on a podcast and just go there for 20 minutes and write, you know, pull in as many that I could. Um, when I when I first played the game, they had like a hard cap on your storage, so you could only have like 99 at the time. Um, Ugh. And that was really, really rough because I could easily go through ninety nine if I if I got on if I got you know I met Abritus for example. Uh, but right the when they upgraded it to I think it's like five ninety nine or six hundred now or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Then I just started doing the thing where I would level up and then I would just you know buy as many blood vials as I can and put them in my storage. I basically never run out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's actually gotten to the point where. Uh, the other day, this happened to me on my chalice diver because all I really use it for is is co op, and uh, so I would, but I hardly ever use blood vials, so I just buy a bunch of them, and then I ran out in the middle of a fight because I just oh, hadn't no. bought them in a long time. I just forgot to, <laughs> I didn't even check. And, like, I was like, <laughs> why am I not respawning with Os? Because I am totally out. Okay, and of course, you know, you got ten zillion blood souls or blood echoes, so you can just buy them, but it's no big deal. But yeah, it's fun. right. But it's remember to doing remembering to do it is the t- is the tough part. Exactly. What was uh? How did you find the story and the kind of the the difference in tone and atmosphere with that Bloodborne has compared to the previous games? So I had the the love cat the bleh, the Lovecraft twist uh, spoiled for me by bonfire side chats because while I had you know unsubscribed from the feed um, in that time just so that I could uh, not spoil myself on the game. Uh, they did announce, I think, on WAF that they were going to be doing uh, a couple episodes on uh, Lovecraft stories because they were doing Bloodborne. It's like, okay, I guess there's a weird Lovecraft twist in this. <laughs> cool. Whoops. But, yeah, what are you going to do? No. Um, but I loved it. Bloodborne uh, comes in at number two for story for me just because of uh, how far afield it goes from anything else I had seen not only uh, from, but really anybody do. Like, that is a a really solid, weird fiction horror story that they're telling there. Um, and it does kind of leave you uh, with a lot of questions by the end of it, especially if you're doing um, all of the umbilical cord things and becoming a god squid baby by the end of it. <laughs> Which I, I, I did, because of course I did. Because of course you did, yeah. Um my first ending actually was I just let Gurman kill me. <laughs> like I didn't, yeah. I didn't really understand what I was being asked, and I was just like, "Well, yeah, this seems good." And I was like, "Oh, that's cool." And it is actually a, kind of a really yeah. cool ending, even if it's just not very narratively satisfying. But uh, oh, I think that's absolutely the best ending. Really, you, you get to wake up. You get to wake up, and you get to go about your life, and you get to live, and you don't have to become a squid monster See, or I'm, die. I'm pretty much my, my whole life goal is right now is just to set up so I could become a squid monster god at the at the end of this. So I'm yeah, live your bliss. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm get not going to help you source umbilical cords, though. So. Honestly, that's been the least of my problems. So no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just lousy with umbilical cords down here. <laughs> so gross. <sighs> It's interesting to me the the way that they've written this story where it's um I mean it's not a closed book but it's it's a lot less uh there there's so much to think about it in the way that they have these factions that you can get real in depth but then you still kind of like we know stuff happened like we know things that happened about that whereas Dark Souls always feels a little bit more loosey goosey to me. Mhm. What uh yeah. did you pick up the DLC as well? You said you, I did. you got the world gig, so of course you did. Yeah. Yep. How um, uh, how many times did you die uh, to Orphan of Cause? 
Oh, so many. <laughs> so many. Um, and that was one, like, by the time I reached the end of that, I was summoning every single time trying to get help for that. And I did, like, a, I beat that one with, uh, I had to get help for that one. Um, although Orphan of, uh, it is Ludwig that is the, the, really the standout boss fight in that for me, mm-hmm. uh, because my wife was sitting in the room when I was playing that. And it's, uh, whenever I'm playing any of these games with my wife in the room, um, it's fun because she, it does enjoy, uh, informing me, Hey, you died when the big red letters come across the screen. Oh, yeah. Um, that is her, that is her favorite thing about watching me play games is to inform me when I have done <laughs> poorly. Um, but I was playing and going through, and I got through the first uh, part of the fight, and then the Moonlight Greatsword comes in, and I start freaking out. And she's like, the fuck are you doing? <laughs> why? What? One, what the fuck is that? Two, why are you freaking out? And it's like, this is, it's like if um, Aragorn's sword was dropped in the middle of Harry Potter. There's no fucking reason for this to be here, but I'm very happy that I get to see it. Yeah, it's it's one of the best cutscenes and one of the best surprises, I think. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. you kind of knew, like, Ludwig the Holy Blade, like, when you go into that fight. But then you, when it does the whole thing and you're like, holy shit, that's the thing. That's the thing. Yeah. Start freaking I, out about I know it. that thing. I get this reference. <laughs> I get this. I know exactly where that's from. <laughs> A robot used to use that sword. <laughs> uh man uh bloodborne is so much it's so, such a good game i mm-hmm. it's it's just I, ne- I need to go back and do the, all the dlc again i feel like it's been too long since i've since i've done that stuff i booted uh, booted it up the other day and helped someone kill rom and i was like yes yeah the, my only, that's my a only, fun fight oh it's it's awesome <laughs> i just kept trying to um heal i kept healing myself trying to you know change my two hand to a two-handed stance and i yeah i kept fucking mm-hmm. that up because the controls are just different enough to mess me up are you uh did you pick up Dark Souls 3 as well? I did. Day and date. Uh got that and uh I also made the mistake of getting the uh that special edition strategy guide as well that came with the Same. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I've got a I'll get to that in a minute. Uh <laughs> because I played through most of it without too much trouble. Um I got through probably about half the game in about a week and then uh, had a friend at the time that uh, I was able to shepherd through all, you know, uh, co-op him through all of that in about three hours. Um, just like walking him through, it's like okay, we're gonna we're gonna go on a tour of this world and go see all this cool shit. And I got him to Wolnir pretty quickly, uh, which was a lot of fun. It's it's fun, sure, like actually sherpaing people through that game, which is not something I had been able to do before. Um, yeah, that game is, Except, is fun to introduce people to, and it's also just mm-hmm. really fun to play, like especially with yeah. co- co-op. Oh, to dip back really quick, because I will never have another opportunity to tell this particular story. Uh, one, I was playing two, I found the old Dragon Slayer very, very quickly. Um, and a day or two later, I was uh, talking with a friend over Skype while he was playing the game. And um, we were talking, and he's like, he hadn't gone down that path very much. I was like, hey, why don't you go go this way go, there's something i want to show you i can't i don't want to i don't want to spoil it for you i just kind of want to hear you find this thing and so i guided him to it and hearing him freak out about finding the old dragon slayer was um among the more satisfying experiences i have had playing a game just because it did have that social element to it as well yeah um but 
going through uh, Dark Souls 3 was uh, it was really neat. The Abyss Watchers is such a cool concept for a fight. I love that there's this weird Artorias cult that literally springs up around you. Um, and yeah, fighting it's, it's, it's kind of like a bunch of YouTubers neat. that are that really into Artorias. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? Just a bunch of Vadi's video. <laughs> Um, and, um, uh, I, f- and Wolnir is one of the coolest set piece bosses I've ever seen. Um, and that was another one where, uh, my wife was in the room and, you know, she was talking to me as I was going up to this boss and then I start freaking out and she turns around and it's like, oh, that's a, that's a big skeleton. It's a big ass skeleton. It's <laughs> a big old skeleton. And then you, uh, you know, break out of there into this beautiful moonlit city, which was very neat. And then I got to Sullivan and just ran up against him so many times. It's like, oh, well, fuck, I should just check the strategy guide. I bought it and everything else in this thing is not great. Maybe the strategy guide will help me. Not only did the strategy guide not help me, it spoiled the next area. Good. Good job, guys. Extremely good job. Yep, excellent. Thank you for telling me that Anna Orlando is in this game three hours before I'm going to get to it. Cool. I, I wonder if my um, Dark Souls 3 guide will eventually be worth anything because it was so messed up when they launched it. Like, there's a whole paragraph mm-hmm. on luck that's just gone. It's not in there. Like, they just messed it up. <laughs> and uh, my Bloodborne guide, uh, when the uh, when they started doing the, the real big, beefy strategy guides for Bloodborne, um, there's mm-hmm. a page on there that refers to you to... Uh, it tells you to like click the left button or something like it was on a pc like you're using a mouse (laughs) it's like excuse me what What am i doing here (laughs) something something (laughs) real weird like that so yeah although that that bloodborne guide is is far and away just so much better quality than that dark souls 3 one low bar to jump but i believe you um yeah that was have you looked probably up probably the, the uh, worst seventy dollars I ever spent? Oh, easy, yeah, yeah. And I've spent some dumb seventy dollars before. So, <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, have you looked up the Dark Souls One guide recently? No. Uh, a friend of mine was telling me about it because they were trying to find it, and he was like, "Why are these things like four or five hundred dollars?" And apparently, yeah, like that's the going rate for a Dark Souls One like strategy guide now. It's like I guess I guess if you got to launch one, yeah, yeah, like something. I'm digging through my huh. stuff, going like, I'm, I get to do this by PS4 Pro, and <laughs> I can be done with it. I don't really need a strategy guide. Like all that shit's out of date anyway. No, exactly. Yeah, everything has been rebalanced to hell. Um, but I, I saw that fucking. The, actually, the weird thing is the the thing I have gotten the most use out of that fucking box was the. Um, uh, the Estus flask, which I used as an impromptu um, flash gobo mm-hmm. for photography. Okay. Uh, I put it in a uh, box and put a uh, remote trigger on my flash and then just set the Estus flask on top so all the light would filter through it and become incredibly green and creepy. Nice. Yeah, it worked out really well. I'm glad somebody got some use out of that incredibly cheap and dumb plastic Estes flask. Yeah, no, not even Estes flask, Estes statue. Yeah, yeah, you can't even put any liquid in it. Like that was the insane right. part. It wasn't even a flask. Like it, it doesn't even do the thing. Yeah, so dumb. It it is not kind of hollow, which is what you would you know need. I uh, I think that's the game that broke me on buying ever buying like collectors editions and worrying about statues and all that stuff. Like I just yep. I just don't care. Like Sekiro's coming out and they've got some collectors edition stuff, and uh, I'm just like I'm just, look at it. I'm just like I'm gonna like that game. Like I'm gonna get into that game, but mm-hmm. I'm not. I I don't 
I just don't. I'm just going to buy the game digitally. Like I just don't care about any of the rest yep. of the stuff. I will if I do a console version of that game. I will probably buy physical just because every you know eventually I will want to play something else and i do like having the option to go on down to the glorified pawn shop that is the GameStop down the road and swap something out so uh i just realized we're we're, we're, we're running long but i don't care okay <laughs> uh, i want to talk a little bit uh about dark souls 3's story because as somebody who gets into the, the lore of these games quite a bit how did oh, you yeah. how did you find dark souls 3 because it's a very contentious subject in the in the community i I like the play of Dark Souls 3 the best out of all of them. Mm -hmm. I think that is a very fun game, like just kinesthetically to go through and play. Um, And it did have the I get that reference. Uh, It hit that very nice button for me a bunch. Um, But it comes story wise, it comes out straight in the middle. Like I'm just it's it's fine. It is my let me rephrase that. It is my least favorite favorite story of all of the games but for a video game story it comes out in the middle mm-hmm. uh at least until the dlc came out which kind of tanked it even worse um because they just kept gilding the lily as like oh no it's about gwen's other child <laughs> surprise surprise Sur- kid everybody Sur- surprise kid that is never referenced anywhere else at all and you're gonna touch an egg and she's gonna die and you're gonna fight the most bullshit boss <laughs> gail is uh is some kind of something all right oh boy yeah. um it did give me uh one of my favorite wins because the one time I beat Gale, I was, you know, I was doing my thing and just summoning and summoning and summoning. And when we finally, when I finally iced him, um, the guy took him down as I died, but it still counted. Oh, nice. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> so I was able to go back and get now and I, but he died and that was it. And I thought like, okay, where did I miss a cutscene or something? Because I died. Nope. You just, you just kill him, and that's it. That's, I mean, you you do take the ashes to that chick, and she talks about like remaking a world or whatever. But that's yeah. But I find I it. I mean, that is it's it's pretty oh, oh. like I talked to. Um, mm-hmm. There's a there's a community that I'm a part of that delves really in depth on the lore, and uh, Richard mm-hmm. Pillbeam JSF is is kind of part of that. And oh sure, pulling apart pieces of that and, and putting it back together again. And um, it's real interesting the stuff that they've come out of it with. And I think those stories are kind of fascinating. At the mm-hmm. time, I just could not give a shit about it. Like, and even even now, I struggle to have any enthusiasm for this stuff because I just. Like I think it's just like I'm I'm done. Like I don't I don't need any more. Like I'm I'm mm-hmm. okay. Like they made two Adams Family movies. I never needed a third one. Like <laughs> it's, and it's the same principle here. Like I'm I'm just kind of done with it at this at this point. So not to say mm-hmm. like that I'm done with the games because I still want to play the games. I just when you start sure. adding the moment that you add like an extra child in, it's like okay, so we're just straight up days of our lives at this point, right? Like right. Did, does somebody wake up and have amnesia? <laughs> like is that what's going to happen next? <laughs> I mean, kinda. Yeah, true. <laughs> it's not actually that far off. No. What do you, uh, uh, as somebody who's played all these games, what are you, where are you most excited about? Like, we've got the the weird VR thing coming out, Daracine, which I'm uh, mm-hmm. very excited about. Um, I was, am. Mm-hmm. I was just saying, we uh, want to talk about a collector's edition. Like that game has a collector's edition, but it's only in Japan, and it looks dope. I am actively trying to keep myself away from any from software news right now. 
because I have noticed a trait within myself is that I just spend less money when I don't know what's going on in the gaming world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I the only like gaming news podcast I listen to these days is uh, Video Games Hot Dog, and oh, that's. Yeah. And that's because 90% of what they talk about are cool indie titles that cost between $5 and $10. Um, so that's, uh, that is an expense I can usually allow myself. But um, I, I really have, like, I'm aware that uh, Shadows Die Twice is a thing. And I will, I, like, this is the first I've heard about the, uh, the VR thing just because I've kept myself away from it. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Um... No, it's fine. It's, it's a it's, it's it's a very weird and interesting thing that they're doing, and it's it's just kind of fascinating. I'm I'm so excited about it. But if you don't want to know, oh, about yeah, it, no. I won't tell, tell, tell you. No, 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 it's not that I don't want to know about it. It's just that I'm not, I don't go to places that are going to inform me about these things. Gotcha. Um, um, essentially, yeah. you pay you play like a a fairy of some sort, okay. and you're like kind of either a fairy or kind of a ghost, and you're like haunting a family in a school. Like it looks fucking crazy and and so that sounds great as a VR title. Yeah, That's sweet. yeah, and uh, the like there's a there's some imagery in there. There's I mean like the the main icon of the game is a is a woman that's dressed almost exactly like the doll from Bloodborne. Like and I'm not and she's holding like a basket of uh, lumen flowers. Like it's it's fucking crazy. So like I, I, I don't think so... it's related to Bloodborne, but like maybe a little bit. <laughs> uh, Haunted Doll Simulator 2019 into it 100 percent into it i want to be i want to be the yep. horror movie that i've that i've been watching since i was a kid right yeah that would be very cool um i mean I'll, i don't have a vr thing right now or any of it but um i've played a little bit and i'm interested enough that when that comes out i may have to take that particular plunge um but yeah i'm uh interested in both of those titles that sounds really cool uh i maintain you know when i when i first started listening to this podcast and you were talking about you know what what would you like to see uh from do next the first my knee-jerk reaction was uh, i want them to get the stardew valley license and see what they would do with that Mm -hmm. uh just because i i want to see them go in a completely different direction and i would very much like a new stardew valley game every year and i think they, they could manage that <laughs> i saw um i don't think it's the guy that made it up but i think it's the uh company that published stardew valley mm-hmm. was was chucklefish chucklefish yeah i saw that they yeah. were developing what they were calling a um a magical school simulator and just like if i playing through a game like that with like a as harry potter essentially like playing through yeah. like a like a, mag, like a wizard school i am just a hundred percent here for it I'm, i can't wait for that I don't, that was like a year ago, though, so I might be I might be way off. Let me take a look here. Uh, oh, here we go. Uh, Stardew Valley Publishers Chucklefish Next Venture is Spellbound, a wizard school simulator. Uh, this was May 5th. So, oh, and there's art. Now. Ooh, that's really pretty. Um, See, like, don't you just want to play that immediately? <laughs> yep. I do. As a matter of fact, I want that on my Switch for my like 12 hours of flight tomorrow. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that'd be a great one. Yep. Yep. Um, I've got XCOM. It'll be fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, l- l- let's wrap it up. Um, sure. Where uh, thank number one. Thank you for guesting. This was this was so nice of you. And I really appreciate you coming on the show. I've been looking forward yeah. to this one for a while. So, so thank you very much for guesting. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, Likewise. Yeah, this has been great. Where can people find you on the internet? Talk about all of the stuff that you do. All the stuff. Well, you can find me personally on Twitter at TQLoudly. 
my main um, venture on the internet right now is my actual play D&D podcast, Another Path, which you can find at anotherpathpodcast.com. It is a uh, completely homebrew world uh, where my players are uh, kind of going through a, uh, a magic-saving adventure that's uh, a lot of fun. Um, it's a think Lord of the Rings meets... Um, it's always sunny at Philadelphia meets it's a uh, whose line is it anyway? Okay. Um, everybody involved with that is um, a uh, theater professional in some right or another. I myself uh, uh, work with uh, Lion Face Productions, which is a local theater company here in Northwest Ohio. Um, all three of them have done work with Lion Face before, um, but also are uh, professional improv improv improvisers. What's the word I was yep, going to say? Definitely improvisers. Let's leave it at improvisers. <laughs> Professional improvisers and um, educators, uh, as well as te- theater technicians as well. So we all uh, come from that background. We've also all played together for a pretty extensive period of time. So we've got a really great rapport. Uh, so if you want to hop in with a group of people that know each other and know the game fairly well, this is a, you know, we are, uh, you said this is coming out around the 24th of the month. We'll mm-hmm. be uh, wrapping up an arc right uh, right around the time this comes out. So definitely a good time to hop on in. And actually, if uh, you just want a taste of what we do, uh, we have... Um, uh, episode one of Birds of Prey, which is kind of a side story that we did, came out back at the uh, couple of months ago. And episode two of that is going to be dropping uh, as we're speaking uh, this upcoming Wednesday, uh, Wednesday, the 10th of October. Uh, so if you just want a taste of what we do, that's a pretty great place to start. Um, yeah. Um, you can also uh, find another path at patreon.com slash another path where we've got some uh, cool bonuses, including um, quarterly adventures that uh, the fellows and I are uh, to write, uh, as well as uh, we have our own Discord channel as well. That's a lot of fun to hang out in. We uh, don't have too many people that are in there all the time. So if you're like me and get stressed out by incredibly busy discords, it's a really chill place to hang out. Um <laughs> It's, you can also. Mm-hmm. That's I know. Just, that's really funny to me. Like, because uh, I, I get that. Like, I get overwhelmed with the duck feed slack sometimes. Because I'll open up. Oh, like, yeah. the games channel and it's like five hundred new posts, and I'm like, well, I'm not reading any of that garbage. <laughs> yep, yep. That's exactly. That's why you haven't seen me in there uh, recently. Unfortunately, is because it is just. It, it was. It is. Uh, it's a lot to manage. Um, but you can also find me on my other podcast, Shakespeare. It is a literal roundtable discussion podcast where um, uh, two of the other uh, board members of Lion Face Production, myself and my wife, sit around my kitchen table and we talk about Shakespeare and we talk about all of Shakespeare, even the bad ones. Even um, bad And boy, there is some bad Shakespeare. Um, Troilus and Cressida was, I think, our, our most recent capital B bad one because it is most of the plot of Romeo and Juliet, but he got bored with it three quarters of the way through, and then it becomes about the Trojan War. (laughs) Um, And that can be found, uh, both of those can be found on whatever podcatcher you prefer, and uh, you can find Shakespeare at lionfaceproductions.com slash Shakespeare, as in B-E-E-R. Cool. And I think that's it awesome well thank you extremely much again for for guesting i really appreciate it yeah definitely thanks for having me this has been a lot of fun 
As always, I've been your host, Jeremy Greer. You can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. You can find the podcast at don'tgiveupskeleton.com. That website has links to t-shirts if you want to put a skelly on your belly. It has links to the Patreon if you want to support the show directly. Thank you, everybody, that's been doing that and listening to me. I really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you for the people that have gotten in touch that want to be on the podcast. I'm slowly but surely working through the list of all of those people and getting back in touch. Uh, And until next week, remember, don't give up skeleton. Why would you want to? Because cat redeeming. Of course. Because cat redeeming or failings. Either one. Yeah, (laughs) either of those. That failings isn't too bad. You just got a fireball. Yep. Yep. (laughs) I'm, I'm.